<laughs> what a what a perfect setup. I know. I I love it. I know. Because you, totally you think un- it's going one way and then totally unexpected. Totally uh, unexpected. Fantastic. So, so anyway. So great about the world. Great, great, great about the world. The world and the world of humor. The world is great. Dennis, my friend. Hey. Uh, hey. a week has gone by. It's like it feels like I talked to you yesterday because normally lately we've been going weeks weeks uh, apart. Weeks, weeks and I miss so you. It's strange on Wednesday not to do not to record. It's so weird. I don't know what to do with myself. Well, here you I, are. I, I get I, I research I do my research anyway. Just Yes, all the research that you do. Yes. I do. I do. It, hey, it's, it, it's so evident I in your just, performance. Unlike you, I don't just show up. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what research have you done? Because I've done well recently. Knowing that the script calls for the first discussion being about the world of humor, indeed, uh, I I came across a a Saturday Night Live snippet that uh, I'm sure your show notes will reflect, where Christopher Waltz, who had just finished. Inglorious Bastards and also Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. And he did uh, a takeoff of his next movie, which was. A takeoff, Did no, Jesus, a, a, Jesus Uncrossed. The, the brilliant writers at SNL uh, came up with a crossover between those two movies where it was. Uh, super bloody and violent as Tarantino would do incredibly violent uh but but then setting it as Christopher Waltz as uh as our lord and savior Jesus H Christ great that's the way that's the way you want to put it that's that's that sets the tone but the opening the opening you know exactly what's going to happen when he rolls the rock back during the resurrection and looks at the camera and says, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. All this violence at the hand of Jesus was was shocking, even, even for me. I mean, and I'm not easily shocked, but it was what I sent you was the director's cut. So we don't know what actually aired. It seemed kind of long to you, I'm sure, but um, the one... Uh, when at the very tail of it, I'll bet it got cut, where Jesus has got a freaking uh, bazooka of some kind <laughs> and is talking to a guy with this or that or the other and shoots him and it comes, it his back explodes with blood. Yeah, yeah. Did I say it reminded, Jackson, me of, uh, reminded me of Scrooge with the, uh, the once popular uh, Bill Murray before he was me too well, into... At uh, the first... Like in the first scene where he goes and confronts, uh, not Pontius Pilate, but just some Romans, and like he 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 slices the guy down the uh, down the head, and they uh, they built a you know uh, an an effect for that, which is um, I. I've been listening a lot lately to uh, there's this there's this podcast by um, uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade. Oh yeah, 
and it's they're they're just cashing in in the most glorious way of uh they invite on everyone that's ever been on snl and they talk about Uh what it's like to be on snl and already i'm steeped in snl knowledge because i listen to uh conan o'brien's podcast and he has on all the snl people and they like to talk about snl history uh but uh it's so it's so interesting to like that that particular lifestyle of like you get you get monday off like i guess you get sunday well sunday you're 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 beat and you get monday off and then tuesday you're already there trying to write stuff for the following week and it's just this never ending uh treadmill of yeah. content production and you know not unlike this podcast uh and it's and they, they say that when they have some stupid idea that makes each other laugh on Tuesday by Friday, there are the props department is like producing this, this thing to make it look real. Uh, and, um, they, apparently it's a totally separate thing. Like the commercial parodies that they do, they record way out of time. It's not, it's not that weak because obviously it's super well-produced and stuff and much like this video that we saw. Uh, but that they, you know, they come up with this idea of having, you know, what if it was jeopardy, but it was, everything is upside down or something. And, and then like they, the, the props department, uh, creates that and it's um it's kind of wild that that is a thing that exists you know the the uh the speed of it and the the fact that it's live is you know makes it so uh incredible at what can happen and there's all the stories as you know of, of bands and whatnot that were banned and and folks that were banned will never be allowed to to do it again i just happened to uh, uh, run into the uh, Shanid O'Connor documentary that I just highly, highly, highly recommend. It they, is they talk a lot about, about her appearance. Funny. I forget I forget why it was so important, but... Uh, what, her what? Her appearance on SNL. It October was... 3rd, uh, some, you know, 30 years ago, um, she was invited on and she had uh, just recorded what became at the time a worldwide number one. Uh, every right. country in the world was worldwide. And a song that uh, 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 there's no uh, compare, let's say no comparing, no comparing you to. Uh, whatever it is, we would recognize it if it was it played. But it, written by Prince ah. and uh, recorded by Prince actually. And there's a, there's so many stories here, but one of them that you'll enjoy, I think, is that Prince's family wouldn't let Shanita O'Connor's production company use the song in the documentary, even though oh. the title was was uh, it was the title built on it. You know, uh, no comparison or something like that was the name of the of, of the thing, and um, which which was kind of interesting. I knew what had happened, 
when I noticed at the very end, uh, just at the tail end, just before they show Technicolor and all the real you know shit that nobody reads, it said the 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 song uh, "Nothing Compares to You" is uh, right. Nothing compares to you. It, uh, could not w- was was rejected for inclusion by the Prince estate. Nothing compares. Yes. And I, uh, I, first of all, I didn't. I knew the song, of course, but I didn't know Prince wrote it, and I didn't know the Prince recorded. And I certainly was surprised and curious as to why he he uh, uh, he's dead, of course. Why his sister would let it happen? And so, the story goes that they didn't get along at all. And uh, one time, Prince and his sister. Uh, no, Prince and 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 Shanid. and he called her and said, "Listen, uh, you're in town. Come on over to my estate in in Hollywood, wherever uh, it was. It wasn't Minneapolis, I don't believe. It was a Hollywood." And uh, she showed up, and and she says in her recently uh, released uh, autobiography that uh, he chastised her for swearing when she's doing interviews. Uh, for for television and, and for radio. Come on, Princey, man. And, and she got disagreeable with him. And he said that the way that, that they should settle it is that they should have a pillow fight. And so he ends up... Why is this not of, documented? Huh? Why is well, this not documented? I don't... Well, Jeez. Uh, so, so, as it turns out, he throws her a pillow, but in his pillow... He puts in like an ashtray. Oh, come on. And then hits her with it. And she freaks out and gets up and literally runs out of the house and leaves the house. And he reportedly gets in his car and follows her, gets her in an area, a grassy area somewhere, and starts to chase her on foot. (sighs) (laughs) And it's one of those stories where you say, it's got to be true because nobody could make this up. It's... Wow. Um, so I, the- I just want to, I want to suggest maybe um, Jimmy Fallon or James Corden could, uh, I want a series of videos called Celebrity Pillow Fights. Oh. I want to see, you know, your. Uh, Sounds like Jimmy Fallon to me. Yeah, I mean J- James Corden does the does the Lots carpool karaoke stuff, but uh, yeah, well, in the contest too, right? Yeah, so uh, some sort of a, you know, I want um, Ashton Kutcher versus uh, Moore. Emma Stone or something. Yeah, okay. I don't know. And will you get a cut of the action, we or me, since I do all the work? Well, well, I mean, I think because it originated on this podcast and yeah. I own all the rights to this podcast, I think it, it all comes to me. But yes. Do I own all the wrongs? I'll bet. I'll bet that's written into my contract with that I did that I we, didn't read. We we specifically put a copy wrong for you. <laughs> that's good. Uh, well, so anyway, back to Shanita O'Connor, what she did, uh, and you, you need to know the background of this, but uh, she was a battered and abused child. And when she was 14 years old, she was taken away from her abusive mother 
and she was put into a home, a convent-run nunnery home that uh, was also abusive, not so much to her perhaps as observable, but it included uh, sexual um, uh, stuff with from priests and children. And uh, uh-huh. when she w- got out of there two years later, she knew how to play guitar because one of the nuns was a guitar player. And on it. it's a great little story. And the nun suggests that when she heard her sing for the first time, that she knew that this was a voice and, and as it is and still stands unique in the in the world of music and make a long story long. Um, when she gets out, in order to uh, uh, kind of exert her rage, because she's so quiet and soft-spoken, she starts to sing in bands, and she, her voice is something that no, she can go from a whisper to a, to a growl to a scream within seconds. And so she gets this instant kind of celebrity because the videos and the work, and she, she performed in, at the Grammys, Right. And she did this tune that then became worldwide. So at the age of 20, 20, she was just worldwide. And so some years later, uh, when some of the, uh, the, in her history also included very devout Catholic uh, and just uh, uh, absolutely ag- aggrieved by the fact that the priests and the male hierarchy were ruining the Catholic Church and used the, took it to their advantage. So her, and this is easily confused about her history, is that it wasn't that she was mad at the church per se or religion, it was the priests. And, and, and as it turns out, the entire Catholic hierarchy, well, when she went to SNL, um, she performed this great Bob Marley song that is the words of a speech that... Uh, War, is, it's called. Yes, and it was a speech at the UN that the president uh, gave. And when you hear Barb Mar- Marley play it, it's, it, it is the epitome. When you hear her sing it, it's very different. And it's, it's amazing. It's striking. Well, she sang that a cappella on Saturday Night Live. And when she was done with it, given the words in the, in, you know, about depravity and war and and, uh, you know, the unfairness of the world, she held up a picture of the Pope because it had come out that Pope Benedict, when he was a, a cardinal, covered up uh, sexual John Paul abuse. II. John Paul II, not Benedict. Oh. Uh, no, 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 no. This wasn't John Paul II. It was a picture of John Paul yes, II. But what had come out when John Paul II was Pope was the fact that the former pope was the one who had covered it up and and so that's that's what 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 why she had a picture of the current pope after she sang the song shockingly to everyone on SNL because it's live okay. unknown and ripped it up into pieces and said fight the real enemy okay reading from wikipedia in october 3rd 1992 o'connor appeared on snl as a musical guest she sang acapella version of bob marley's war 
which she intended as a protest against sexual abuse of children in the Catholic Church, uh, referring to child abuse rather than racism, apparently. Uh, she then presented a photo of Pope John Paul II to the camera while singing the word evil, which after which she tore it into pieces and said, fight the enemy, and threw the pieces towards the camera. The incident appeared nine years before Pope John Paul acknowledged the sexual abuse within the church. Right. So that that far uh, ahead of her time. But what the what happened afterwards, of course, the blowback and, and that followed uh, this episode with her followed uh, a concert, her show where the concert venue uh, always when people were gathering and before the announcements, they played the, the, the uh, Star Spangled Banner. And she said, you're not doing that at my show. Not when this country is is fighting wars and killing children. I just won't have it. And it's my Boy, show. What an activist. Yeah. Well, it, on her. It's, it's the history of Irish singers, too. I mean, you know, and her her hero is Bob Dylan, you know, and that's right. the when she heard his album when she was 11 or 12 years old. It's when she changed her whole life. And uh, that then coincided with being able to learn the guitar. But the, uh, all this uh, and, and more in this documentary. But here's the thing that, that I spent another hour on this afterwards because I could not leave it alone. Yeah. Because the end of the documentary is her singing a recent, uh, doing a recent uh, uh, public event after 10 or 12 years of not doing anything and not being public and giving up the, the music business. And uh, she had since become, uh, uh, had converted to Islam, uh, which she said was a natural progression from uh, her Catholicism. And she, she writes about this in her autobiography. It's stunning to think sure. about the way that she describes what she calls the Gospels. And it's a continuation of her reading the Gospels. And so okay. she's dressed in Islamic garb which is, is not necessary or required for a woman of 52. And she says that she does it because she likes it. And she sings this song that I've never heard before. So hold, hold on, hold on. Once you're, once you're older than... Certain age, yeah. Then, then when you're attractive to men, you can like not wear a thing over your yeah. head. Huh. Yeah, okay. which I didn't, I didn't know that either. Um, but the song that she sings that she wrote and the way she looks and you know because you're looking at 30 years later the documentary centers on her public life which ended uh, pretty much ended after the controversy with the uh, with the pope because and she she was she was interviewed and she said i don't give a fuck whether it ruins my career i wasn't singing music ever to become a pop star. I never wanted to be a pop star. I don't give a fuck that I'm a pop star. I, I sang to exert, to exert my rage. To I love that. And, and so, you know, you can have my pop star, you can have my career and go fuck yourself. And <laughs> uh, well, and of course, with I that, love that. That, that attitude had happened. Now let's fast forward to another event that you may know in your history. And it was Bob Dylan's 30th, anniversary reunion and chris christopherson uh, tell me if you remember know any of this chris christopherson was the master of ceremonies and he introduced shanid o'connor 
who at the time had you know had 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 been pretty much been out of the limelight, but introduced her as one of the one of the foremost uh, uh, entertainers performers in 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 America, who was known for courage and integrity, and when she walked up to the mic, all ready to sing and smiling. There was this chorus of hurrahs that became to get matched by a chorus of boos. And one of the exclaims, exclamations in the documentary by her husband at the time was, what Bob Dylan fans are going to boo Shanita O'Connor for what she did with the flag or with with the Pope? And the answer is half of them who were louder than the others. So what she did, Aaron, that's because Bob Dylan, like it seems like Bob Dylan appears to the appears uh, appeals to the left, but I think there's a bunch of uh, country folk that that are that are right leaning that 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 well, love Bob I, Dylan. Bob Dylan's fans are not identified, in my view, they're not identified by anything other than their age. So it really didn't matter what side of the coin you were on. Of course, if you were a right-wing conservative and he was singing what he was singing at the time, if you were not a flower child, you were on the other end of the spectrum, you didn't appreciate it then. Those people who did appreciate it then have since become conservatives, Right. Have since changed their ways. Have since right. disavowed all of that, and that's who. It's an entire generation, or maybe they didn't have their conservative views formed yet, and they liked his music, but it ended up rejecting it in their later years. But whatever. So there's Shanita O'Connor, and she's getting upset because the tune, the song that she's going to sing, is done in a whisper into the mic, and it's a very low key tune. I don't know what it was. It obviously would have been a Bob, a Bob Dylan uh, song, which is what it was all about. And it was clear that she couldn't do it. And so the she, they show her giving the throat cut all right. around to the band, all around to everybody, and then grabs the microphone and sings fucking war a cappella. Wow. And you- the, 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 the dichotomous crowd goes freaking crazy right the booing louder the cheering louder and, and right. she's so angry and screaming it in this incredible voice when she's done she's drained she doesn't look like she's going to collapse by any measure but she's obviously overtaken to buy yeah. the emotion of what she just did chris christopher comes up and and hugs her and helps her off stage so God, what these if, are moments in this documentary that are priceless, just priceless. I think this is a Netflix documentary, which makes me wonder how you saw it. But uh, I, as you were saying that, I was reading a Wikipedia a paragraph that has a quarter of what you of what you said, but it agrees entirely with you that uh, during the booing, Chris Christopherson told her. Not to let the bastards, let the bastards get you down. Get to you down. Yeah. And to which she replied, I'm not down. Uh, and then, yeah. And then, and then she, the mic. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. What a, uh, it's, I, yeah, let's all, that'll be in the show notes, whatever, however well, we can find that documentary. And, 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 and again, to the ending of it, uh, what I did afterwards then in the other hour was I Googled and to try and find out her more recent uh, performances. And discovered through that search, quite sadly, that earlier this year, 
her 17 year old son committed suicide. I was going to bring that up. She's got four kids and uh, one of them. Yep. And uh, she was since walked away and she's had some serious, serious mental health issues, which uh, too, too badly have been recorded via her Twitter account where she's been writing and said, very sad, very sad. But if you know about her history, as you do, will once you read, this is not surprising at all. But yeah, anyway, back to the performances, she's on the Late Late Show in in, uh, the UK, which is a, 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 they show two or three interviews of her on these shows over the decades. And she's in the garb. Uh, that's similar, very, you know, almost identical to what was in the end of the show and this incredible performance that she did somewhere. And I, I didn't quite catch where it was. Only difference was her garb was red on the late, late show. They had an entire orchestra, an entire, like a 30 piece orchestra with her in the center of it, singing, singing nothing compares with a conductor conducting. I, I don't know that I've ever, in, in recent memory, seen anything that was so moving uh, uh, to me as to see this. Um, and, you know, and then I went from there and, and, and watched Google to find out which of the recording uh, the, the sister said that uh, when Prince recorded it live with, um, oh, I'll remember her name, a, a J, um it's a women's a woman singer who sang it with him. That's that's the best version ever done, and she didn't deserve to be able to do this. And it all got back to this fucking pillow fight. Um, but then I I listened to Prince do it at an open a, a concert, and then I listened to Prince and this woman, which she said was the best recording. And there is no way on God's green earth that Prince's recording of this came within. A, a hundredth of the power of Shanita O'Connor. And one of the things that she said in an interview after the thing, and I'll end on this note, is that when somebody said something to her about, does that explain why they didn't allow you to do it? And she said, I don't know why they didn't allow me to do it. It doesn't matter what he says. That's my song. Nice. It's world number one. I mean, I was, I was, I was so moved by it all. And in, in, in vocally and instrumental, it's 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 stunning stuff, man. Stunning. Yeah. So, in the same way that if someone talks to you for thirty minutes about this glass of wine you're about to drink, uh, if someone tells you the history of this singer and what she went through. And her trials and tribulations to get to this point. Yes. This is why. This is why all of the um, the America, America's Got Talent, the British Got Talent, uh, all the uh, all those shows. They spend so much time on the backstory of the individual yeah. that is about to perform for you, because when they tell you all of the hardships that this person went through, and then you hear the song, it is. Woof, a thousand times more emotional to you yes. than yes. if you had just been like, "Hey, check out this song." Uh, well, and, and, and which is why, well, which is like what uh, what new what um, sportscasters are good at is when you watch the Olympics, 
the most 99% of the Olympic coverage is the people telling you, oh, the backstory about how this athlete struggled uh, through right, this right, and right, that, right, and then right, they got right, to this, right. and this is their moment to shine. Color, color uh, commentary. Yeah, and same with same with golf. Like they they tell you, you know, oh, this is you know, uh, you know, he's been out with this injury for a while, and now it's super important to him and his family and blah blah blah. Uh, it's uh, that back. Like humans are such suckers for for yeah. stories. Like we love a good story, and, well, and the, when and when we depth. are told a good story, and then we hear the performance that draws in our imagination, at least, uh, probably in reality too, from all of that pain. And then we hear that, that song, uh, it's when it really tears us apart, which. And, and the choices the documentarians made to, to, to meet that challenge of what are the things you need to know out of a hundred million things to know. And it included a clip from Saturday night live when Joe Pesci was the, uh, uh the, 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 you know, the host, and he talked, it was somewhat after she did this Pope thing. And she said, boy, he said, boy, she's lucky that, that I wasn't here. I would have given her such a smack. That is and, legit uh, on the Wikipedia page. Yes. That exact oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And then Frank Sinatra also said that he, that, uh, he, he'd like to knock her out. He's going to hit her, knock her out. And there was a skit done on Saturday Night Live where the, the, the actor, uh, oh, God, you know this guy, he's dead now. Uh, he died tragically in a murder some years ago, but he always played Frank Sinatra on the... Hmm, what was his name? But anyway, well-known. And he played, they were doing a game yeah. show, and he was, you know, crazy SNL. Frank Sinatra was the guy who was running the game show, and Shinito, uh, Shinito Connor makeup. Phil Hartman. Yes, Phil Hartman was uh, was a contestant, and it was Shinito Connor, like you know, bald head, yes. gruesome. He was so great, and and kept calling her cue ball and threatening to beat her up and all this stuff. And <sighs> what what's fascinating about it is that it is at least as tasteless as anything I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live because it is so body shaming and so incredibly personal considering that the subject of the parody is a is a is a, is a survivor of child abuse and and of right. course knowing this that Saturday night writers you know nothing is sacred i mean look what they do with with you know you know did Jesus uncrossed for Christ's sake? Nothing, <laughs> Nothing sacred. is sacred yeah. as it, as it, as it should be. But even, but in, oh, hold on. I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the, uh, the modern woke atheist crowd where, uh, it's, you can make fun of religion all you want, but to take someone that has been abused and like mock them about that abuse is uh, not okay. Well, and not so much. I'm going to go out on a limb and state that that's my, that's my position. God damn it. Well, they weren't mocking her about her abuse, but they ignored the fact that what they were mocking her for was derivative of that abuse. And, you know, and, uh, it, it wasn't funny to, to me. 
you know, uh, but anyway, uh, some some additional uh, homework to you and in, in, on top of watching, as I did, uh, 62 hours of, of Jesus Christ, Dennis. How many hours are there in a week? Well, I, I had the COVID, man. I had the COVID. I, I was there five days. Hey, how are you feeling? Oh, good. Better? I feel great. I'm back again. I'm 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 actually uh, since I've had it, I went fishing and uh, broke my Stronger pole. There's a story there, of course. And uh, plan on going fishing tomorrow or Friday as well. So it's, did, did you melt in the water or? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. But there was uh, uh, there was the pattern of melting. Uh, right before my eyes, before I broke my pole on, uh, I hooked into a lunker. Now you know what that means. Indeed. That was, I think the episode title for last week was scored a lunker. Cause oh, I love that phrase so much. Well, and you also know what I mean by saying that the fish that I had on that broke the pole was fair hooked. You know what that means too now. In your education. Fair hooked. Uh, that you didn't cheat to hook him? Well, fair. it's either fair hooked or foul hooked, but fair hooked. Or you were, mouth. You were the mouth. At, the, at the town fair. When a fish strikes at a, a, fish. a fish strikes at a fly with its mouth, you're going to catch him in the mouth. And strikes a fly with the mouth, you're going to catch him in the mouth. Yeah. If, if, the, if the fish and the fly and the water current. If he strikes with his strike tail. Occurs, no, no, no. When that strike occurs. Uh, it oftentimes doesn't get in the mouth because the, 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 the all the environmental Life, elements yeah. conspire. Happens. So it gets hooked in the nose, or it gets hooked Ouch. In somewhere in the you know in that part of the, the fish. But if a fish is hooked in the head somewhere, uh, reasonably uh, uh, as a result of going after the the, the, the the bait, the fly, whatever, it's called fair hook. And this was a fair hook fish right in the mouth. But anyway, uh, it, I ended up breaking my pole, and there's some physics behind that that are so incredibly boring to you that we just shouldn't probably talk. I actually love physics and so uh, imagine and you, pole got a, you got a, you got an eight foot, you know, seven and a half foot. But pole on the other hand, I have to go get a beer. So you explain this, and then I'll listen to this later. I'll keep going as if I'm listening. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Hey, fuck off. I'm not gonna, I'm- I must say, without your headset, you look a bit like Shanita Connor. You pulled your, you broke your pole when you were milking. Oh, 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 oh. So, so you got a fish on that's running probably 15, 16 pounds. It's probably 34 inches long. And the belly to the top fin is like this. That's almost a yard. That's like. Uh, that's probably about 14, 15 inches tall and the girth around the fish, 22, it's a big fish. It's, it's like so big that when you're lifting it with two hands, you're like, oh my God, this is heavy. Right. So I got him in the, some of us are stronger than others, but yes, I got him in the mouth and I'm in fairly shallow water and the current isn't all that strong. So the fish fights and jumps, and I realize that I've got him hooked, and I've got him hooked good. And so the only thing to do, because the fish is literally twice as big as my net, and my net is big enough that it stretches from shoulder to shoulder when it's on my back. 
So, you know, whatever that shoulder width is, is probably, you know, 26, yeah. 28 inches wide or something like that. It, it's very, very difficult to try. We'll contact your tailor for the exact For the exact measurement. measurements, right, yeah. right. And, and so what I ended up doing, which was so much fun, was the fish would fight and then try to run downstream. I'd tighten up on the line so it couldn't go any further. It never broke. And I had on 12-pound test line, which is incredibly strong, even though the fish is 16 pounds in a current and is probably pulling at, you know, 50 PSIs or whatever. And so I would bring, I would Pounds per put my pole off to the side toward the shore sideways instead of up tall. And I would slowly but surely bring the fish into the slower water, which would then be on the left side of me and then bring the fish up. And then the fish would run when it got near me because it didn't want to get caught and it would I went upstream and we do it all again. So it was this kind of ballet that was it's circular. A dance. It's a dance. Circular. Where when it was upstream, it, it came down on my left side. And when it was in the current, it was in front of me. And then when I pulled it off to the shore, I spun around and brought it all the way up. I did that like three or four times. You can imagine it took like upwards of 10 minutes. When, well, when the, when the mafia wants to kill you, you go and sleep with the fishes, but you were dancing with the fishes. I was dancing with the fishes. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good turn of phrase there. Dancing I'm just, with I'm just going on what and, you're describing. And, and what's, what is it called when it, when a fish jumps in the water and it isn't, it isn't high enough as some fish are to actually have air where that you can, you know, they're a foot out of the water. This fish. It's called a pirouette called tail dancing tail dancing where the fish is on its tail jumping in the air mm -hmm. and then goes back in the water so there was a tail dance going on as an interlude to the ballet as the ballet goes that sounds like twerking parts, frantic part yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is twerking if not tail dancing you have tongues and their tongues have uh, little teeth on them i don't know if you knew that but that's something that makes them similar to you, their tongues given, have teeth. Uh, you were bred, as as your mother admitted to me last time we spoken, uh, partly with a cat involved. So it was strange. Oh, I have cat news. Oh, okay. So anyway, Continue now with to your the fish point news, but... of the the engineering issue the, that you're mostly interested in. As I was trying to beach the fish, bring uh, him up into shallow water. Well, let him flop around until I could grab him by the tail. I was doing that, and three times, thrice, I say, as in the denunciation of Christ by St. Peter, the fish got away. Even when I had him by the tail at one point, he got away again. This time, because the pole was just so long and the line was so long, I edged up my hand on the pole so that I was holding the pole above the reel. Got to choke up. Choke up, exactly. Well, not did I just choke up. I absolutely choked because that short little pole. Oh, no. 20-pound fish. Oh, no. The fish went in one direction. The pole would, was not strong enough to withstand it. It snapped. It sounded like a fucking firecracker. I had to check myself to make sure I hadn't been shot. This fiberglass pole snapping. So I had, by that time, I had thrown the fish up on shore. I counted it as a caught fish, no picture, despondent about, and, and the fish jumped off, the, the, the spit out the fly and 
got away and lived to fight again. And so I did what any fisherman would do so far away from my truck and, you know, quite predictably where my extra pole was. Yes. Uh, and uh, instead of what taking that walk, I broke my pole off again and reinserted it. The snapped off piece back in, Fuck so yeah. the pole was a little the pole was a little wiggy wommy and didn't quite look right. And I threw it out to where the fish were. You're a little wiggy wommy. Got another fish on on the broken pole, and the top part of the pole broke off and yeah. ran down the line to the fish. And yeah. when it hit the fish, it busted the fish off. And I brought it all in and round up and walked back to my truck where, in fact, I had forgotten to pack my second pole, so it ended my day literally three hours early. So you were not bipolar, like Shanae O'Connor. Okay, I would. so uh, so the what, what was the cost, like, uh, to replace this pole? A couple what? hundred bucks. A couple hundred right, dollars, well. but... But I've got. I've so got uh, a, everyone go to patreon.com slash happy hour and yeah, uh, help you. donate. Yes. But Just I had my extra pole is a similar pole. In fact, in some regards, it's better. It's, it's a little heavier. I didn't have it with me. I always have it with me. And then, and now. So Except the one time main. that you need it. Yes. Yes. As the God. story goes. And now that's my main pole. And now my backup pole is something called the stick cool and my brother says oh you mean that broomstick that's got eyelets on it for the line <laughs> this is like it's like you could catch a 120 pound fish on this pole and it wouldn't break it weighs a ton and it's real stiff and i bought it when i was catching the biggest salmon i had caught and it was relatively cheap it was like 80 bucks so i bought it that's not my backup pole. Okay. You got a stiff oh, backup anyway, pole. Anyway, little did you know there'd be a fish story in my... Uh, How but no I pictures. No pictures. <clears throat> so let me elaborate on my cat news. Uh, since we spoke last... Well, last time we spoke, uh, my cat was acting strange in that... It was spending a lot of time in its litter box. Like I thought, uh, diarrhea, something, you know, you know, he, 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 he wants to be in there a lot. And then he got even more lethargic and started like sleeping in the litter box. And at that point I was like, okay. Constipation. And, and my mother was here and we were like, okay, we, something wrong with the cat. So, uh, we made an appointment with the vet and we took him to the vet and, oh, and also like sometimes like I would try and pick him up and sometimes he would be like shout in pain. Like he had some sort of ad ab abdominal pain. Constipation. Uh, okay. Th thank you for registering your, uh, your guess. Uh, the, so we went to the vet and he, uh, looked in his eyes and his mouth and felt all around and got down to his belly and, and the cat went Rawr! and, and the vet said, okay, he just told me what the problem is. Um, not constipation, but adjacent. Uh, 
uh, he had basically uh, like a crystalline structure of, in his urethra, like he couldn't pee. And he had been days without being able to pee. And it turns out if you are a week without being able, being able to pee, like you're, you, you poison yourself and you, uh, and you are no more. Uh, so the vet was like, good job. You brought him in. We're going to keep him and we're going to sedate him, uh, anesthetize him and put a catheter in and to empty out, uh, his bladder and so they did that and then that evening like six hours later i was able to bring him home but then i had to bring him the morning after and again this morning to so that the vet could could empty his empty his his bladder because when your bladder gets so full the muscles that let you squeeze the bladder to pee in a stream gets atrophied or something so like he's his bladder gets full but he's unable to pee he can't Uh, squeeze his bladder by himself is it is this a temporary it's temporary and so for a few days we have to help you know squeeze his water balloon so that he can pee so that he can feel okay and it's and in the in the X-ray that they did, you can see that the full bladder is blocking all of the intestines to get the poop out, and uh, so he's bad in that way too. And anyway, he's been the not dominoes well. of the internal organs. Dominoes of the internal organs, exactly. That's not so, a bad, uh, bad turn of phrase either. It isn't. I like it. Dominoes I like it. of eternal, the dominoes Eter- of eternal organs. organs eternal organs yes uh so that's and so when when the vet squeezed him it came out all his pee came out all bloody and with also like the little the little crystalline uh sort of sandy bits that were causing the problem and basically uh we have to now put him on a on a different type of food that has a higher acidity a lower ph than the standard store-bought food so he's just going to be an expensive burden for the rest of his life Uh, oh no well but that but the diet will i mean you won't have to continue the medical intervention yeah and yeah hopefully but holy fuck the uh medical intervention intervention was uh and unlike uh Healthcare for humans in Spain, not mm-hmm. free. What an interesting contrast. I, I had not uh, concluded that, but what a great, uh, yeah. See, hum, uh, pets don't pay a lot of taxes is the issue. Well, and, and it's very likely that many societies believe that saving pets is more important than saving humans. Many societies? A few. Okay, well. Communities, a few communities. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Pull that statement back. Yeah, the... Uh, Animals so, are held in sacred uh, revere in many uh, societies, as you know, so they would choose to save the life of a sacred animal over that of a, of a human. Right. 
so any who we have this uh cat that is leaving little uh puddles of blood piss around <laughs> that's nice uh, on your new floors and your new furniture is well, all your furniture is everything no, put together oh fuck no so the the cat has been prohibited from going into the our our proper house uh the has has to stay over here uh where i have my office uh because we're going to get the nice new furniture but we're not going to get the nice new furniture in november sometime uh it's like weeks away so this whole time that my parents have been here we haven't had a place to sit and watch tv in the in the new house uh in the new house in the proper house because uh, you had already gotten rid of yeah we threw away all the old uh sofas because well, you did that because you had to redo the floors right so there's no yeah they, they were shit and also we had to redo the floors yeah, so we were right. and we we didn't want them back but we didn't think it was going to take a month and a half to get new sofas but whatever uh so that's happening and also uh our brand new 75 inch television is kind of shit oh no yeah it's bad choice or <laughs> engineering or yeah uh the the picture quality is fantastic but the user interface like uh sometimes you click on the remote and it takes a full second or two for it to re register on the screen which is not acceptable for oh, a multi-thousand-dollar television. Oh lord! Uh, and it's just you can't. It's unwatchable. It's right. Unwatchable. Exactly. And and I know I know that if I am like, eh, whatever. I know that over the course of the next ten years that we have this fucking television, it's going to eat at me and and like I'm going to be so upset. Uh, so I we've been in contact with. Uh, samsung headquarters to uh but, but it's not only that it's that and then sometimes the the audio and the video get out of sync so like the the mouths don't w work with the voice that you that you hear and other times uh when i want to connect a bluetooth uh headset because that's a thing that i'm going to want to do a lot because when the kids go to bed i want to watch something uh with no uh, sound and room. that doesn't work very well and so I've, and it sucks that it took us several weeks of having the damn thing installed before we actually like used it because like we weren't over there. But um, anyway, that's an ongoing battle that I hope. So why to go resolve. to Samsung instead of just to the place you bought it and and use the thirty day? No, I went to the place we bought it, and they were like, contact Samsung. Oh well. Uh, why isn't that their why isn't that their responsibility why do you look, have to do that uh look uh it's it's about to be the responsibility if uh so i i contacted samsung uh once and they uh they were able to connect to the tv you know from from far away and do some some diagnostics and do a factory reset and then after the factory reset, the remote is more responsive for sure, but the other stuff doesn't work very well. So tomorrow I have to call them again and be like, uh, hey, this uh -huh. is my case, case well, number. It sounds like it could be an engineering problem. If that's the case, then you've got to get a different type of 
television. Yeah, I, if, if I, I would be at this point, I would be happy to be like, uh, take this, take this TV back, give me all my money back, and I'll buy an LG or whatever some other brand, uh-huh. uh, because right. I'm just. Well, I don't think you want to tell them that. Tell I mean, them you, 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 just because their biggest, most expensive viewing option doesn't work very well doesn't mean that earlier smaller versions of it that have gone through several iterations that work better no 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 exactly i have a samsung i have a smaller samsung tv that i love that's why i chose that brand oh and it and my my little one works work works great and like i was like i understand this interface and i like it i'm one of these and it in in usage it's just shit so i'm upset so I have a I have a question for you, and it's it's kind of in closing. I'm afraid how time flies. It's time to close. Yes. How does a duck know what direction south is? How does a duck tell its wife from all the other ducks? How come all our body parts? so nicely fit together all my organs doing their job no help from me Hmm. did you know that ducks have uh corkscrew penises (laughs) speaking of organs fitting together what's another another reason they're like you (laughs) this is this is the second he just talk about a screw. Am I right? <laughs> well, that's actually where the term "screw" came from. Is from yeah, yeah. Ducks. Don't don't uh, don't look for YouTube videos about duck penises. You won't no? enjoy it. No, don't. Oh really? Oh God. Well, no, I suppose not. Well, another week has passed. I look forward to uh, a week. I I, uh, I hope we haven't been too uh, loud for the. Uh, Parents pay try. No, in the other room. I even uh, promised to get up in uh, five hours to like say say goodbye. So that's uh, on how me. How they get to the How do they get to the airport? Uber. So here's a special secret. The in my building, three floors down, lives the head of security at the local airport. He drives every morning to the airport that's an hour away and then drives back. That's his commute. And, uh, but he's like the boss of all of the police at the airport. Like he's the head security guy. Uh, and he's the father of a, of a childhood friend of my daughter's and like, we're super friends with their family. And, uh, he goes into work every, every morning and, tomorrow he's going to go in like an hour earlier uh, to help get my parents there on time. Because but, they got an early flight. But, uh, but like, it's amazing that there's a car that leaves my building that goes an, an hour away to the airport every morning. And right. Uh, right. it's so, it's so convenient to use him Did when you we do can. That? Do you go with him too? Sometimes I have. Yeah. 
but it, it's just so well let's shout uh, out to him yes let's make a toast to toast your, uh, his name is fran fran so here's to fran. Cheers, fran what are you drinking tonight by the way i never did ask uh, it's a pretty beer. fancy cup beer oh, beer beer yeah. i'm drinking beer beer i switched to scotch tonight i know just, you're so sophisticated it rained all day it's the fall it's not the fall you know, here i'm in shorts it's been it's so hot here i'm sleeping with a window open with no sheets on that's how hot it, it was, is here it was 45 46 today tomorrow it'll be in the 50s perfect day to go fishing perfect although it's going to be sunny which isn't so good for fishing but that's well right. don't don't you break no more poles boy I, i'm i've learned from my mistakes pole i went out and, and and rigged my rigged my pole with the proper lines and lengths and tied on the two flies the egg patterns i'm using so you know what what happens now is that the salmon are at the end of their life and they're laying their eggs and as we talked about last episode in great graphic detail the male yes. are you know are melting on the on the eggs and hoping to create young offspring and then behind them sit the uh the fish i'm trying to get which are very mm -hmm. aggressive trout uh rainbow trout that live in the lake sometimes and so therefore are called steelhead and, they must uh, swallow some milt when they're trying to swallow the roe right you know, there's a that is very episodic and very uh, occasional, and you know you've got uh, it. And, and I could count on on two hands probably the time I've actually seen it happen in my many hours leading into days in the streams. So it's 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 quite an occurrence, but it it you know I don't know how frequently it happens. Um, but the whole last couple of times I fished, I never saw it happen. Okay. When you see it, it's like, oh, man. Oh, man. But anyway, that's, so I'm tying sexy. on his, you, his you, flies. You it looks like these eggs, some of which have been sitting on the bottom for a while and have turned white. And then some that are fresher, that are orange, you know, and uh, I can't wait. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some pictures. Adios, amigo. Hey, give my love to your folks, man. All right, we'll do. Okay, that does it for episode number 164. You can find links to all the articles and YouTube videos and the SNL performance by Sinead O'Connor. All of that good stuff is in the show notes. And you can help support the show at patreon.com slash happy hour. That's will get you a video feed if you support at the Jimmy Martinis level. See you next week.